This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Basically. And today we have, you've never heard of him before, but he's a new name. He's called Professor Lugonian. They've forgotten me now. They've forgotten you. And he is here to give us his opinion on what went right and what went wrong during the pando. Terrifying, terrifying prospect. So there's a review, just for people, there's a review happening now. There is. Into whether we did right in our approach to the pandemic. That's right, yes. And there was an article in the paper at the weekend. There was. By, what's his name? Martin Cormican. Martin Cormican, yes. And he said that he thought that Neffet did not do a good job. Yeah. That they approached it in the wrong way. And you disagree with him. Well, it's hard to know, sadly. I'm going to take the scientific stance on this. The scientific perch on the fence. It's a very complicated question, let's face it. Because as you will remember, and I've missed you terribly, we had many an an hour in here, didn't we? We uh, Talking about things. Um, And it's good that we're having this to kind of catch up on the whole thing. But that's the burning question at the moment. Well, there's two burning questions at the the moment as I see it with COVID. One is, did we get the rights and wrongs of it, right? Now, the only reason that's important, Steph, is not to dig into people, because that's always a fear that it becomes political, you know? But it's that there's a like that this may happen again and what would we That's do differently? That's the key thing. And one thing I'm looking at is bird flu, by the way. Have you oh, seen great. stuff on that lately? I just saw that the turkeys were brought indoors at Christmas. The turkeys <laughs> had to be brought indoors, yeah. Now again, you don't want to go scaring people. It's the worst ever bird flu on record. If that jumped into humans, there's a 50% mortality rate. We'd be Much goosed. more serious than we'd be literally get goosed. Um, much more, because you're on form. <laughs> <laughs> much, much more serious than COVID. Imagine 50% mortality. Sorry, 50% of people die. Mortality, yeah. That, that, that has infected people, bird flu, remember. You catch it off birds, obviously. And the mortality rate's very high. So now we're watching that one closely. It has to mutate. It, it doesn't naturally go into humans. It's hard to catch. Right. But it could mutate. And given that it's so common now, the chances of mutation are higher, as you know. Every time it divides, you might get a different version. version. And that might be now more infectious for humans. And the worst thing in the world is if it can jump from one human to another, then we're in big trouble, right? Now, again, this has been around for years and we've known this, but there's a worry that there will be another pandemic. Yeah. So it's very useful to say, look, how did we do the last time? Now, the trouble is you can't do a direct comparison because the ne- the new virus might might infect you through some other way. Yes, okay. You see. So there's, there's issues there. But even So still, what are we looking at? The approach, the lockdowns, yeah. the medical approach, the vaccines, the PPE, all of this sort That's of thing. Right. And is it a comparison with how other countries did? Very much Or is so. it a sort of, there is an ideal way that no one thought of that I think, because, you know, what was really frustrating during the pandemic was all these kind of head the balls which we now know them to be head the balls because they were chasing zero COVID, which China did. And now we see what happened there. You know, that people yeah. are like, well, I have, you know, every person in town that you met was like, well, I know how to deal with it. Yeah. You do this and you do this. Exactly. But, yeah. you know, is it sort of Neffet should have done it more like country X or Neffet should have done it this way that no one did? Well, it's a bit like a big experiment. If you stand back from it and put your scientific hat on, it's like, how many countries are there in the world? And they all approached COVID in a certain way, right? Yes. And looking back now, who did the right thing? Who did the wrong thing? So scientifically, it's a robust question to try to answer, you see. Okay. But the problem is it's very complicated. And there's too many variables to really pin it down. But what we do know, right, let's let's start with real scientific fact. The vaccines worked, clearly, you know, and, and they were the biggest thing, right? And now, hang on. They worked in the sense that they reduced the severity of the yeah, illness. But right. when right. we were sold the vaccines first, yeah. we thought that there would be a vaccine where you didn't catch it, you didn't get sick, you didn't transmit it. 
it. Yeah, that's right. Yes. So in that case, the vaccine didn't work. Well, it depends on what you mean by work. Yeah, they were designed initially just to stop severe disease. Don't be in any doubt that was the initial claim. That okay. They all made, and they did that. Stop right. you dying. Stop you dying, getting really sick, and they did that. that that's the important thing. Okay. Right? They're not good at giving you long-term protection. So we need a better vaccine now that will give you persistent protection. I'll give okay. you a good example. If you compare COVID to yellow fever, mm-hmm. yellow fever, one shot, 30 years protection, right? Yeah. <laughs> this thing stops you getting really sick, but then you wane, the immunity wanes, and the virus is changing a bit as well, and you need a booster. Right? Yeah. And that's why we have a now the ridiculous situation when it comes to vaccinology. People are having six and seven shots. That's not a very good vaccine, is it? You know, you should, it should be one shot. Now, it, it did stop, save lives, though, because it stopped that severe illness. So it delivered what it set out to do initially. Mm-hmm. And they knew it, it'd be challenging. No, not many vaccines stop transmission anyway. You know, it's, it's difficult to achieve. And these coronaviruses are especially difficult. But of course, what's happening now is they're all trying to make the next gen and that should be one that will stop transmission and they're getting close to that so but the fact of the matter is when when the thing begins we needed a vaccine quickly we got one and it stopped people dying and that ticked that box and ireland did very well there okay. so internationally we're seen as performing extremely well with our vaccination campaigns that's good right okay the second variable is the death toll from the virus right yeah again we do very well uh we're sixth in europe as it were in the league table you know yeah. the dreaded scandinavians always beat us yeah, but I think that's because their idea, I mean, there's a number of factors, but I do have a friend who's from Norway who said when they brought in international two metre social distancing, they were like, that's actually making us get closer to each other than we naturally that's right, would that's right, be. Precisely. That, yeah. that's, the, that's the challenge now, by the way. Talking about Sweden is ridiculous because you can't compare Sweden to Ireland because there's too many differences. Yeah. You compare Sweden to Norway and Finland and they did very badly compared to their cohort. cohort. That, that's got a control in science, you see. Yeah. Sweden have a lot more single household occupancy. That's a big de-risker of the the whole damn thing because people aren't living together. Living you know? together, yeah. And as you say, socially, they're less likely to mix and mingle anyway, you know. Yeah. Now, in Ireland, the, in my, I think Ireland, we did very well for the following reason. It's almost as if this virus was invented the spread if you're Irish. Yeah. Because it spreads in a, in a closed setting with people shouting at each other. Yeah. With drink. Yeah. <laughs> That's why the pubs had to stay closed. Yeah. Now, I know it's tough on publicans and we will never deny that people struggled hugely in business and so on, but they had to keep the pubs closed. Yeah. And the evidence, the scientific evidence that is compelling. I'll give you one experiment that we did there. We opened the pubs just before Christmas 2020. Two weeks later, the highest spike in the world happened of yeah. any country, yes. right? Because of the mixing and mingling and shouting at each other and spitting and all that kind of stuff. Yes, the virus yeah. loved that. So we got that right. I think we got some, some of the mm-hmm. restrictions were right. But certainly the, the death toll, we didn't do too badly either there compared to other countries. So yeah. that's quite good, right? Now, the only other question that I have in my mind at the moment is, did the restrictions do harm, right? Okay. That's very hard to evaluate. Because what? Are you talking about socially, medically, economically? Mental health, huge issue for our young people, for instance, keeping the schools closed for so long. Will that have a deleterious long-term effect? Um, And then people not turning up to their doctors to be treated for a tumour or whatever, heart disease. Yeah. It's very hard to measure that. It's very hard to get a a handle on that, you see. So what's the argument that if you had left the restrictions open, that yes, people would have died of COVID, but maybe people would have presented to their doctors and less people would now be suffering with issues. P- possibly, but we don't know. It's very right, hard to okay. pin that down, in my view. And, and you won't get an answer to that scientifically. It's too hard a question, I think. Now, maybe they'll dig into some of the data and begin to reveal this, you see. Yeah. The other key thing is the virus itself is not just about the death toll. Mm-hmm. It causes long COVID for definite. 10% of heart problems. That's that's the current look at this. What does a heart problem mean? You might die of flu because your heart is weak, okay. you know? 
you might die of cancer because your heart is weak. So the damaging effect the virus has had on our bodies shouldn't be underestimated either. Mm -hmm. If it had been let run, ripped through the community, maybe 50% of heart problems. Right, okay. They, they might survive, they mightn't die because they're young, but they still might have persistent symptoms into the future. So, so is there, like, is it, I know that it's necessary to reflect on how we approach it so that we might do better next time or do differently, whatever. But it's very difficult to compare what happened to what may have happened had other things. That's the problem. You know, you can't do the experiment in a sense, can you? Now, you can look at other countries, though, and say, well, and, and look at China as a great example. That was disastrous what they did there. That zero yeah. COVID approach is a nightmare simply because we still see the supply chain issues. Now it's ripping through the country. There wasn't the, they, they will have the same death toll overall as everybody else, having locked people up for two and a half years. Yeah. Can you imagine the mental health consequences of that to, the, to their people? Yeah. The Chinese are a bit different. Maybe, maybe they do what their government tells them because they might get be thrown in jail. I don't know. Yeah. What but that, that's a really awful situation, isn't it? New Zealand, of course, turns out to be great. Mm -hmm. They could isolate themselves as an island, which then they could stop the virus coming in. They bring in the vaccine then quickly as well, and everything looks good there. They're, they're really yeah. high up the league. Table. But we're, we're not an island. We, we couldn't shut our borders. We couldn't shut the border with the north. You know, So that was never an option for us. Yes. So that'd be my view on that one. But in terms of what, what we've learned from this, it's tricky, isn't it? I don't know what you think. I mean... I, I do suspect maybe the lockdown was a bit long, you know. Once the, the first, the second or the, the second, third? Well, the first one was essential. Yes. Once the vaccine came along, <laughs> it got easier. Yeah, okay. So once the vaccine came along, the second lockdown, which remind me was in after Christmas 2020. Yeah, that's or, right. Until like May or something, wasn't it? Well, that was following the big spike, remember? Yes, okay. Biggest in the world. So they had to do something, didn't they? If you're a government, your job is to save lives. Yeah. Remember remember the infamous St. Stephen's Day, the government got scared. Oh, yeah. And said, please don't mingle on St. Stephen's Day. You know, before that, the, sure, the horse households get mixed. So they got terrified because they knew, gee, we got this wrong. I mean, we got to be careful now. Do you and think they that acted responsibly. So look, we got to go back into a strict lockdown now. Because look what's happened. The evidence was there to say that that was uh, too loose then, you know? So the second one was probably okay. Maybe I wouldn't have. I probably would have opened the schools. That's one thing I might have done sooner. Maybe you know. But again, I, it's very hard. I wouldn't be in that chair. Mate. I wouldn't be Tony Hoolan. It's too difficult. There's too there's too many unknowns. Like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. If he got it wrong, he'd be now crucified. Wouldn't but should then you had the teachers union saying we're not going back in. That was the other issue. There's many many. And fair enough. Like group. if you're a teacher who and has they're a, older. And they might have an underlying condition. And they have like 30 kids coughing and spitting. Exactly. Like it's That's understandable. Yeah, yeah. So it's hard to know. I, 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 and the bottom line for me at the moment is the vaccine was right. The initial lockdown was essential. Mm -hmm. Probably the other lockdowns were needed, but it's hard to say yes or no. And um, the, the inquiry, I predict, will say that kind of thing. They'll say we got most of it right as best we could, given the information. Yeah, given the, the information. And I and do think, as as I think the government response financially was sound. Huge. I think yep. the comms, the communications around it were good. Yeah. I wonder if there was anything we could have done to prevent what has happened with this sort of far right, anti-government, anti-establishment that used to be sort of an underbelly, but has now become sort of a very ugly and very loud minority. Yep. Well, Is, they've moved on to other things, haven't they? Yes, yeah. So um, there's lessons maybe to be learned there. Because it's what happens is they start as anti-vaxxers and then they see that actually... The vaccine is working and COVID is leaving and COVID is not something that the government have invented to take you, you know, th yeah. and they're like, OK, well, we were wrong about that, but we can't admit we're wrong. So now we have to go over to some yeah. other big conspiracy. Yeah. I think I think it is very useful to probably state that as clearly as that stuff to mm -hmm. say, look, 
this is a malign force. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and here's the evidence. Again, we need a scientist. We need evidence. What's the evidence? They'll pick on anything that they can use to agitate and bring down people and, and you know, make things difficult for everybody. You know, and they move on from thing, from one issue to the next, next, you see. And that's the evidence. But there's the no malignancy. reflection. Like, there's no look back at like, okay, so my evidence was wrong. Yeah. The army were not coming into the street and my yeah. WhatsApp that I shared with a million people yeah. was wrong. They just move on to the next thing and the next on, thing and, and they the next thing. And they use science in a way that suits them, you see, as well. They're, yeah. They're, and of course, there's always evidence of a vaccine being harmful. Mm -hmm. No medicine is fully safe. They'll jump on that and go, look, this is causing heart attacks in young people. And there's a bit of evidence for that, you see. And then that gets blown up into this huge thing, you know. Yeah. And, and my other view about overall, about this big question of how we did in the, in the pandemic, it's a complicated question. Now, when something is complex, you end up with a consensus. In other words, you can't definitively say something. Yes. Climate change is the best example we have. There's 98% agreement now. But it's complicated. There's evidence against sometimes because the system is very variable. You know, yeah. as scientists, we're well used to living in this uncertain world. But you end up with a consensus view. So I, I suspect what this commission of inquiry will end up with is some kind of consensus. And I, I bet it'll, my prediction is, and then we'll come back and see if I'm right, they'll go, we got some, some things we got right. right. There may be things we got wrong, but we're not sure. Yeah, because and, there's too many unknowns in this. You know, and if it were to happen again, there's no perfect approach, you know. Well, the good news about because flu the thing, is there is a vaccine. So, so what they're talking about the bird flu one, right? There's a vaccine available. Okay, should we stockpile that? They're going to debate that. They're going to debate it. And right, there's okay. a shortage of supply. Well, thank God there's a vaccine. But yeah. I think that was the question, wasn't it? Like at the start, we didn't know if it was airborne. We didn't know. Like we absolutely had no. We know what a flu is. You know, flus have been around, but this was a whole new thing. And yeah. so, you know, people were they had gloves on, they had yeah. PPE. We didn't know how it was. Oh, shit, it was horrible. It was really I, scary. I've, I've kept some of the emails through my own experience. And I remember the first Christmas, mm -hmm. I would have had about 10 emails ask older people, can I open the Christmas cards? Because I'm frightened I might catch the virus off. Oh, this, this like fear, you know? anthrax situation yeah. kind of like. Or even though someone's coughed on the envelope or whatever. Yeah. Or well, the I actually, it was Mother's Day. Remember, I got COVID before kind of it was even a, a big thing I got it in London and I yeah. came back I was the second person tested in Croke Park there's a claim and, to fame yeah <laughs> in, in that sort of really dystopian situation that yeah. we've all come to know as normal now um, but remember you had to have five symptoms before you could right. get tested yeah. and it was very weird and it was Mother's Day and mum came and she sat outside the window of the house yeah because and and I gave her a card and it had I said I didn't lick the card because I didn't <laughs> I know, know yeah. how it was. Think back on it. It's amazing. Yeah. And again, the reason that, as you will remember, the, there, was, there were so many question marks about this. We didn't know. Yeah. It became clear early on that it wasn't getting spread off surfaces, by the way. The, the evidence, see, again, yeah. you use science to try to inform. The county that. lockdowns as well. That was really was hard. That strange. Yeah. So when they, strange. Was, was that Kildare was locked down at one point. Remember this yeah. kind of thing? Yeah. But that was it. OWL, it was like Offaly, Wicklow and Louth or something. Yeah, those like ones. Yeah. Um, I've had a couple of people on Instagram ask me about the vaccine for six-month-old six plus. Yes. Would you recommend it or is it a balance of risk? It's a balance of risk and I think overall I wouldn't recommend it uh, because the risk to small babies and children is tiny. So unless they are vulnerable, oh, gee, the vulnerable, no question, you take the vaccine if they're vulnerable, hundred yes. percent, because then the, any risk far outweighs, you know, any benefit far outweighs any risk there, you know. Yeah. But in my view, if you're under fifty and you're pretty healthy. You probably don't need any more vaccines at this stage, you know. Okay. You wouldn't need a booster. And when you go down to the children, now, of course, there's still a risk of death, though, in children, remember. I mean, you know, maybe it's one in a million or whatever the numbers are. But there is, there is still a risk of death, yeah. you see, and, and there's a tragedy, obviously, when it happens. So each parent can decide then, you know. Yeah. But given that the risk is so low, you know, 
I, I think it's hard to justify vaccinating that age group now, especially when there's so much immunity in the older population anyway. Now, yeah. you know, I mean, what's what's really happened is, and it's, it's a good story, this, because if you're vaccinated and you get infected, that's a great combination. Mm hmm. You've probably got durable protection then, you know, and the yeah. whole scene is different now, you know. So therefore, the whole notion that we're terrified that a child's going to infect an older person who's vulnerable, that's lessened because of the vaccination the and infection combination. Is, you yeah. see. It wasn't like it was at the beginning mm -hmm. when, when that was a very risky situation, potentially, because the older person hadn't been vaccinated. You see. I'm looking at creches for Aurora at the moment. And, you know, they've asked like about her vaccine. Has she had all her vaccines? Now, obviously, she's not even six months yet. So she's had her two month and her four month, but she will continue to get the schedule. I wonder, will it be a case that you'll be asked if you're vaccinated against COVID? I don't think, see, the other, the other vaccines are all highly justified in children. Yes, okay. <laughs> Because you don't want your baby getting diphtheria or measles tetanus or, or measles polio. Or, or polio, yeah, horrendous diseases, you know. Yeah. And again, those vaccines come at a risk as well. You see, never yeah. forget that tiny risk. But the benefit massively outweighs the risk. Mm -hmm. With this one, even if the baby catches COVID, minimal symptoms. Yes. Yeah. So it's very different. You know, I, I can't see them mandating vaccine that, that vaccine in children unless more data emerges. You never know. But at the moment, it's not justified to insist on that. It should be a some parents want to vaccinate. Which that's fine. They, they 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 don't want to take the one in a million chance, you know. Yeah. Uh, but overall, given that risk benefit thing, you wouldn't you wouldn't wouldn't be advocating for it. I don't think. Thank you for listening to our very brief update from Luke O'Neill on this basically podcast. We'll be back next Tuesday with another full length episode. We are still produced by Julie Hassett and part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Thank you. Taking a break from the show to tell you about our sponsor, HumdingerMortgages.ie, your new gaff without the faff. Humdinger are an award-winning mortgage brokerage and they specialise in finding the right mortgage for you. The best part is that you deal with the broker and they deal with every major bank in the Irish market so you don't have to trawl around talking to loads of people. They also make the best recommendation on what's the best way to proceed for you specifically and they stay at your side to help you at every step of the way from application to drawing down your mortgage. They're in the mortgage business, right? Not the application business. They have absolutely no interest in putting you through the ringer and getting you to fill out loads of forms without getting a mortgage at the end. And they're really honest from the get-go about what the problems might be with your application. But then they don't abandon you. They will stay by your side and give you the best advice on how to make sure that you are successful the next time you apply. They specialise in helping first-time buyers, people looking to trade up and people like me who are looking to save ourselves some money by switching our mortgage for a better rate. And like for me, I'm going to switch my mortgage. I'm working with Humdinger because like a reduction of even 0.5% on my mortgage rate can save me like 30 grand in interest over the whole term of my mortgage. Mortgages are the biggest financial decision you are ever going to make. So take advantage of speaking to experts and go to humdingermortgages.ie to begin your journey. Just taking a break from my podcast to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. It's called Personality Bingo. So Tom Moran is back with his podcast, Personality Bingo. Each episode, it uses randomly selected questions chosen by bingo balls. And then Tom interviews a special guest to get a fun and usually insightful glimpse into their lives. Definitely want to listen to Hey guys, Tom Moran here. I am the host of Personality Bingo, a podcast where we put 60 minutes on the clock. We've got a bingo machine with 60 balls in it. Here you go. And we've got 60 corresponding questions. The questions can be anything from have you ever seen a ghost to what's the most important quality for you and a romantic partner to have you ever or would you ever consider seeing a fortune teller. In season two of Personality Bingo, we've got episodes with Brezzy. We've got Emma Kerwin. We've got Justine Stafford. If you want to go back into the archives, we've got 130 episodes there, including episodes with Paul Meskel. That's Personality Bingo with me, Tom Moore. 
if you are enjoying my podcast and you're enjoying my Instagram content and you think, you know what, how can I help Stephanie? How can I support Stephanie? I just want to give back, you know. There's a way, there is a way, Cam. You can sign up to become a Headstuff Plus member. It'll give you bonus content, content, extra episodes, and you can sign up by going to headstuffpodcasts.com. You become kind of one of the Headstuff community at that point, and you can get in touch with me, get podcasts on demand, whatever you want covered, we'll cover it. It's definitely worth a fiver a month. Go for it. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.